0: Um, good evening. I'm still Scott, and uh, man, I'm so grateful for our welcome team, our greeting team. Um, that's out there, they make these wonderful name tags. Um, they put a, a piece of pizza on here. That's great. That's my addiction. Awesome. What if they drew something for your addiction? Right? Crazy, crazy. So, um, just a heads up on that for next week. No, uh, greeting team, you guys do a great job welcoming us. and. If you ever have a question about what happens here and you don't know where to go, go to that that area, the information booth, and they'd love to help you out through that process through our night. Um, Tonight, we're talking about being straight out of denial. I should have worn my straight out of denial shirt, but um, it shrunk. (laughs) Um, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, um, I forgot until I got here and I went, ah! So, um, but anyhow, the idea is tonight. We're going to start talking and working our way through the steps. So we did an intro two weeks ago. We're starting on step one, denial. So if you're here for the first time, you are on perfect timing, man. This is great. That means that this is no better opportunity to get started than right now. And you're here, and I'm proud of you. This is the best place you can be on a Tuesday night. Um, well, one, everything else is closed down. And uh, two, um, everything's saved on Netflix or uh, Prime. Uh, so you're good. You're good. But anyhow, um, I'm a, I love movies. I love watching movies. And when I start to think about movies and how they would play into recovery and they hold recovery themes. Uh, this is one of my, my scenes that I love. And so you guys pay attention to the screen as we show this video. I love the fact that it's got this mask on and you think it's some hideous beast under there and then it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, And I love the fact he has like no facial hair But his top hair just totally covered everything on his face It would be opposite if I was in the mask It would be like nothing up here And it would just be huge And uh, crazy But I love that because I think that's what a lot of us If you're here in recovery That's what we're going through We're going through that process Because at some point in our life We learn to live life with that mask We learn to put that mask on And how to interact with people How to deal with life. They didn't actually ever get to see us. And for some of us. We're just like him. That we never even saw ourselves. And he looks into that. The the little thing of water. And he gets to see his reflection for the first time. And then he passes out. And some of us when we actually get a glimpse. Of who we really are. That's scary. We don't like what we see. That's why so many of us. When we eventually get to step four. We balk. Because it is a difficult thing to really take a look deep inside of us and see who we are. There's a book out that is, uh, it was called True Face, it's now called uh, Cure, and uh, it talks about this road that we travel, and when we're going down this forest, and he uses this analogy, and it's got a, a fork in the road. You can choose to go left or right. Left, you get a chance to go into this room of uh, being, uh, it, it's, it says, uh, i got to pull from my memory. Hold on. Um, it says, um, pleasing God. And the road to the right says, um, uh, I think it says grace. And you have to make a choice. And so many of us, and grown up in the church, for me, I thought everything about life was about pleasing God. Am I not supposed to do the right thing because that's what makes God happy? Or am I supposed to simply honor and respect and love God? And so many of us have chosen to go down that road, to walk into that room, and we have walked in the room, and we notice after a while being there that there's everyone wearing a mask. Have you ever walked into the grocery store recently without a mask? <laughs> Everybody stares at you. They all give you that eye like, mm, you should be wearing a mask. And you know they want to tell you something, but they don't. And I've got one of those faces that they just leave me alone so I'm totally cool. And, um, and that's how it works. But so many of us When we go into that room, we realize we're not wearing a mask. And all of a sudden, we're not pleasing them. We're not pleasing God. So we start to learn how to put up that mask. But we can only keep that mask up for so long. And that mask can only stay on. And so then finally one day we realize that we're tired and exhausted. And people are starting to see through the cracks. And So we go back down that road and we try the road that's titled Grace. To go in there and to, instead of pleasing God, simply live humbly and honorably, honorably with him. And let his grace pour out over, upon, uh, over our weaknesses that we may have. And in that book it says this, it says, everyone puts up a mask. But how do we live without the mask? And that's the journey we're all on. How do we live our life without putting that mask back on? See, corona hit, and all I heard is, let's get back to the norm. Let's get back to how it was before corona. Let me give you a hint. It's never going to be like it was before corona. It just ain't going to happen. There's some things that may come back, things like that, but it's never going to be like what it was prior. Than this time last year. Never. No matter how much we want it, it's never going to go back. No matter how much we want to go back to the old days, the good old days. Back to when I was playing football and I was loving life and everything was great. It ain't going to happen. I coach football and I get down there and I got one play. (laughs) One play and I'm done. Because if I go two, I pull a hammy, my bag goes out, I come home and go, babe, get me the ice. And I'm out on my chair for the rest of the night you think I'm joking ask my wife it is so straight up true I was running out and I was being an offensive wide receiver which I know I got the wide receiver bod I got it but I was doing this wide receiver move and I was supposed to go block this guy stock block him and this guy jukes me he didn't even touch me and he made my back go out I went (laughs) and I was like I'm done I'm done I'm done. I walked over to the sideline and I was like, yeah, "Go, you go in for me," and uh, it was awesome. But the thing is, we're never going to go back. And even in that movie, there's a there's a point in that there's a part in that movie which is the man in the iron mask, if you're wondering. And it's an old movie because you can see some of those actors are like, "Oh, they're young." And uh, when I saw it, I was like, "Ooh, they're old." But no, they're young. Um, here's the thing: is when he gets to this point where he wants to put that mask back on because life without the mask was too tough. And there's a point in our life that that life that we start to live without that mask can get really, really tough. But that is the journey that we're on. Because of sin, we have lost confidence that we will please our audience. And so, we put on the mask one more time. We lose confidence that us, as ourselves will truly be able to please those around us. And so therefore, we become fake. We become false people. We hide behind our addictions. We hide behind our alcohol, our drugs, our porn, our codependency. How many codependents can't stand it if there's somebody in the room that doesn't even like you? Most addicts are like, that's all right with me. And they walk away because they understand. But the codependents have a really hard time with that. As an unintended result, no one, not even the people we love, ever get to see our true face. Simply because we continue to put that mask on. We never get that opportunity. In Ezra chapter 9 verse 6 it says this. Saying, oh my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift my face to you, my God. For, my, for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens. The fact that we would be at this place, that we would call out and we would be ashamed of our sin, that we would realize that our sin is so huge and our guilt keeps piling up. And so once again, we put on our mask. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21 And if you're in this room, Scott had his list he shared a couple weeks ago. This is my list right here. It says this. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, um, idolatry, uh, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. (coughs) Oh, there's a couple other lists in there, but that one's crazy. That covers the gamut. It covers it all. It's got a lot of things in there that I go, wow. Like some of them, I'm like, yeah, I don't have that. Yeah, I'm good. But then there's other ones like fits of anger. How am I doing with that, kids? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yesterday morning, um, my daughter would say, not so good. She just got her driver's license and we were going to school. As she was uh, accelerating through a U-turn. Tokyo Drift, my friends. Tokyo Drift. (laughs) And my little toaster. Um, Because if you don't know, I'd drive that green um, element. And it's like, it's going to tip over. It was awesome. We had fun. (laughs) Got a little scratch. Had awesome times. Good memories that we will never live down. But it was good stuff. Um, But we start to live in this life. And when we live in denial, it affects us. When we live in denial, we're living with that mask on. And so tonight I want to talk to you about the effects of that mask and how we can start to take that down. And so the D in denial says this, it, says it disables our feelings. It totally disables our feelings. See, when I was an addict, I didn't feel. Um, I was only compelled to use. So when I would get mad, I didn't get mad, I just said... I'm just going to stuff that away and I'm going to go use later. You know, you ever watch the movie Tommy Boy? And he's sitting in that diner and he's trying to get the, the chicken wings right. And uh, he, he does this whole thing and uh, it's awesome. I, want, I wanted to re, reenact it right now, but I'm not going to. And he does this whole thing and at the end, he's all, Tommy, why did you, why'd you do that? He's all, well, if I didn't get the wings, then it's not a big deal because I got a frozen pizza in the car. And the thing is, there's always that background. He didn't have to, he didn't realize it. And here's the thing. For us, we always got that frozen pizza we can run to. For me, it was I would stuff it. If it didn't work, if it whatever, that's fine. I still got my pizza I can go eat. I still got that box of Cheez-Its. I still got that porn. I still got that drug. I still got that alcohol. I still got the vodka. I got whatever it is that you choose to use to control and to wear your mask. And we choose to live that life. And those feelings, we start to, it it hides us. It hides from us. It freezes us and it binds us. It controls us. See, you don't get a chance to feel disrespected, you just feel ticked off. Your anger is that secondary emotion. You don't understand that. You're mad and you're angry, but it's really the fact that you feel unloved or you feel unheard. You don't get a chance to see the primary emotion that's behind it. And it stops us from truly feeling. It disables it. It unplugs it. It doesn't let us do the things that we need to do. Richard uh, Schwartz in this. You don't have the quote up there. But it says this. Why would you want to focus on and try to feel compassion For the critical inner voice that makes you feel small The paralyzing fear that freezes your brain In high pressure situations The anger that can suddenly hijack your mind And hurt others And the sensitive part of uh, you That's easily hurt and makes you feel worthless It makes common sense not to go there And instead try to lock those thoughts and emotions Out of your consciousness So that you can avoid feeling And can function well That's what we've been taught to do with difficult emotions and beliefs. But if that approach worked, you wouldn't be reading this book. If your approach worked, you wouldn't be sitting in this room. In True Face, it says this. It says, uh, you never experience the love of others because when we wear a mask, only the mask receives love. When we wear that mask and we put that mask on, it's only that that feels love. That's why when husbands and wives come into my office and sit down and there's been an affair, there's been betrayal, the wife is totally devastated. And they're like, well, it's like we never were married and the husband can never understand that. But the reality is it's true because the thing that she was in love with, the thing that she was pouring all her attention toward was the mask. And when the mask got ripped off, Because that's usually what happens. There's a forced disclosure. When the mask got ripped off, they look and they go, who are you that's underneath there? I don't know who you are. When we've been keeping our drug use a secret, we've been keeping our alcohol a secret, when we've been keeping other things a secret, and it gets revealed that mask being pulled down is rough because they don't know who it is because the person that they've loved was the mask And so this is the journey we're on Is ter- taking that mask off Second Peter chapter 2 verse 19 says this They promised them freedom But they themselves are slaves to corruption For whatever overcomes a person To that he is enslaved What overcomes you? What controls you? I've been harping on the addict But is it the fact that you have to have Everybody else in control? Is that the thing that controls you? that you have to be the one that knows everything and, and controls everything and tells everybody what to do. I mean, it probably makes you pretty successful if you're a manager at a workplace, but probably not very successful if you're trying to run a home. Not only does it disable our feelings, but it also, we spend a lot of energy and we have energy lost. See, I spent a lot of time trying to hide my addiction, a lot of time keeping my stash in my office, a lot of time hiding things from my wife, a lot of time hiding things from my parents, a lot of time hiding things from everybody else, putting on the mask so that way no one could see that something was off. But reality was stuff was going crazy. But when I finally stepped out and I took that mask off, whew, I didn't have to worry about what lies I told I didn't have to worry about a stash I didn't have to worry about any of those things because all that was gone in Psalm 146 verse 7 it says this he frees the prisoners he lifts the burdens from those bent down beneath their loads God's able to free us from those things see energy loss, we have anxiety from past hurts and failures it rents space in our head We don't want to get caught. How many of you hold a resentment to somebody in your life from your past? Mom, dad, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, relative, brother, sister. They raped you. They molested you. They did something to you. Guess what? When When you're thinking about them, chances are they got no clue they're thinking about you. They aren't. They're renting space in your head. It's spending all that time and energy focusing on things that don't matter and instead of working the program, learning how to make amends and learning how to forgive. We need to transfer the energy to work on issues that are more beneficial. Not only does it, uh, we lose energy, but it's also, it negates our growth. When we start to use, it actually freezes us emotionally. It freezes us and stunts us I started to use at the age of nine, and so a lot of times when I hit a tough situation, when I go into something, I'm, I'm, I'm called by my boss. Yesterday, I'm out on the football field, I'm talking to some students, and I get a call, and it says Joel Boone. That's my boss. My first thing was what I do, and I pick up the phone, and I'm freaked out, and he's like, "Hey, I just wanted to tell you I'm so," blah, blah, and he starts going off, and it was a great phone call. And I was like, that is awesome. But my first thing is I felt like that nine-year-old kid getting called by mom or dad and saying, this is what you did wrong. When my wife goes, we have to talk. Huh. What'd we do? What happened? And it's, sometimes it's that, and sometimes it's nothing. It's about the kids, and I go, okay, phew, good. But the thing is, is I feel like that nine-year-old kid. It negates my growth. It stunts me. It stunted my courtship process with my wife because I was broken sexually. I did not know how to court my wife properly. Dr. Carnes has a thing that he calls the courtship process, and he has twelve steps that you go through through a proper courtship process. Well, since I'm a sex addict, a porn addict, what I do is I see things that get aroused, and then boom. I miss all the, the romance and the, the, the courting and all the fun times dating and, and the, all that kind of stuff. And I, ah, I have to learn all those eight other steps, nine other steps in my life. It stunted my growth. Psalm 107, verse 13 and 14. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. He negates that growth that he's able to set us free from that hurt and that pain that has happened in our life. God never wastes the hurt. He never lets that hurt go away. There's, the rooms are full full of people that have had hurt and pain and they get a chance to help others who are going through that same hurt and pain but 12 years later because they know they can give them hope saying it does get better I know you just found out about this affair it will get better I know that your husband your wife is drinking it will get better And they're able to walk through that road. I remember walking into the rooms and being only four of us guys sitting around talking about our sex addiction. And now we have two groups. That's crazy to me. To think about the guys that have been able to help by sharing experience, strength, and hope. But he never wastes that hurt that you have in your life. That's why it's so important for us to get up and share our testimonies. First John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 says this: If we say we have fellowship with him or we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Not only Do we have that negated growth, but it also isolates us from God. When we have this denial and we live in denial, it isolates us from him. See, I felt alone in my addiction. I felt alone. All the guilt and shame pulled me away from God. Welcome to the the word of God. In Psalm chapter 119, you don't have it up there, verse 67, it says this, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. I went by the wayside I was alone I was afraid and when I'm using and I'm not doing the things that God calls me to do I feel all alone no one hears me no one understands me woe is me I better use hides us from God we get angry at God welcome to Genesis chapter 3 where we see the first division between God and man That's where we live. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 1 says this. Whoever isolates him seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Has that been you before in life? No, it's been me. Not only does it isolate us from God, but it alienates us us from our relationships. See, when I use... When I look at porn, when I compulsively overeat, do I want to have a relationship with God? No. Why? Because I have guilt and shame. Do I want to have a relationship with other people? No, because I have guilt and shame. What if I get too close to them and they see that I'm not the perfect guy that I am? That I try to present that mask. And so I have to be real. I I push people away. It alienates me from my wife. It alienates me from my kids. It alienates me from you guys if I use when I used it destroyed my intimacy with my wife I mean to use and be in a trance for hours some of you have had the nods before yeah you know what that's about some of you have been hung over before you know that what that's about food used to comfort me I can't let it do that anymore. i got to let God be the one that comforts me. But it pushes me away from God and it pushes me away from others. i got to trust my wife with my emotions so that she can help me, encourage me. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 says this. What this adds up to then is this. No more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body we are all connected to each other. After all, when you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Whoo! Big Book of AA refers to rigorous honesty. Are we rigorously honest in this program? Are we rigorously honest in CR? I mean, I'm not talking just about the big things. I'm talking about the little things. I'm talking about are we telling full truth or are you like me and you're evasive? I remember my wife will ask me a straight question. Hey, what do you want for dinner tonight? And that's like nailing jello to a tree. I'm, you know, I, do, I small stuff. Like, Does it matter? No, it doesn't. Hey, did you, uh, did you leave this knife on the counter? Well, the bird came in and they like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But when we live in those lies and we're not living in truth, it only lengthens our pain and our pain continues to extend and it kills us, it's never ending, it's never learned, it goes over and over and over again. I never learn, don't bend over like this, squat. Squat when I'm picking things up because why my back's gonna go out and then I gotta call my buddies and say hey, and I walk like this, hey can you help adjust me? And they're like yeah, hold on and it's crazy. We get stuck in the mud and we're there. And we don't wanna call for help because when you're an addict and you use the same thing over and over again, it's like driving down a mud road and you create tracks, you create ruts in the road. And now, after how old are you? All these years of using, you're trying to use your brain differently? I'm 43, and now I'm trying to use my brain differently? I got to now drive in a different path, create new ruts. And that is difficult for some of us. But if we live in a lie and we live in denial, we only get stuck in those ruts and in that track. Jeremiah 30, verse 17 says this, For I will restore health to you, and your wounds I will heal. And in one version it says this, It says, you can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. I did a message a while back called, Don't Just Walk It Off. But here's the thing. You face the truth by recording as many specific examples of powerlessness and unmanageability as possible. Each time, the feelings you were dealing with, the fantasies you were having, the concerns, the fears... And don't do this alone. Get a sponsor. Get a support group. Go to group. Find people that will come around you and help you on this journey. Because that is what we are supposed to do. And I'll close with this last verse. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Let's also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let's run this race together together. Let's join this journey this year, 2021, the year of completing this program and continuing to share our story. And this is a full place. But what happens is if every single one of us reach another person and bring them in here. why? Not simply by preaching and proselytizing, but actually letting your life show the change, and they will say, "I want what you got." That's crazy. Let's stand and close the serenity prayer. your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever the next. Amen. Amen.